right, good to see everybody Tuesday night. Hope that you are doing good in Jesus' mighty name. Let's hop right to the Ukraine tonight. This is a Benny video. Play it for me, Nats. I mean, listen, guys. We're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. So our position is for us very clear, which is as a leader, which we have been bringing together the allies, working together around our collective and unified position, that we would all not just prefer, we desire, we believe. It is in the best interest of all that there is a diplomatic end to this moment. See, these people are completely out of their depth. I mean, she starts off with, I mean, come on, guys. This is literally, she sounds like an eighth grade volleyball coach. And she's out there against Vladimir Putin. And by the way, why on earth is Kamala Harris heading up the United States response to the military buildup along the Ukraine border, which by the way, I think is just a giant distraction. Putin really is doing the exact same thing that he's been doing for years, which is to support different states inside of Ukraine, different well, states is probably not the right term, but different territories inside the Ukraine that are actually sympathetic or even consider themselves to be part of Russia and actually speak Russia. I am not in any way, shape or form defending Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin is a former KGB agent. He is not a good person, but Who's worse, him or Joe Biden? We really don't have any idea. But <laughs> these people are just noticeably out of their element. Again, this is why I say, if you sit there and you cow tow to liars and you do what liars tell you to do, you end up with people who are liars and people who have absolutely no business in the positions that they're in. That is what has happened. That's what COVID-19 has done. It just reminds me, you know, and I said this on Sunday morning here at the church from the pulpit. And you're like, Tom, you preach this way from the pulpit? Absolutely. I say anything and everything I want. I don't care. Understand that. But literally the whole response to COVID-19 and numerous other things is just like the response to the Ivy League swim championships where you have Leah Thomas, who is absolutely a biological 100% male who used to swim for the men's swim team as an average man, uh, male swimmer. And now, of course, is setting records every time he jumps in the pool and, you know, swimming, <clears throat> swim meets or swim race are normally, normally won by point something of a second. He's winning by five, 10 seconds. So, but everybody stands around the pool and acts like it's normal, including the female competitors, ruining their lives for other people's political expediency. And what's amazing to me is that everybody stands around and acts like lunatics, knowing that they are acting like lunatics to appease other lunatics. So people who aren't even lunatics who know in their mind, a man should not be swimming against women, stand around and act like it's normal, act like it's okay, including female swimming competitors and their parents, 
They stand around and act like it's okay so they don't offend lunatics. And COVID-19 is absolutely no different. If you stand around with a mask on, you know that a mask does absolutely freaking nothing. You lock down your church or your business. Statistically speaking, lockdowns do absolutely nothing. The Johns Hopkins report came out and said it does absolutely nothing to lock down or wear masks. It does absolutely zero. Most, most, if not all the COVID mitigations did absolutely nothing to slow the spread. The vaccines do nothing to slow transmission, do nothing to slow, to stop infection. And by the way, they're, their default mechanism, of course, is, well, okay, now we admit, even though we propagandized for months that vaccines stop transmission and stop infection, now we know they don't do either. So now we're going to go back and say we're going to default to, we're going to default to that it stops, that the vaccines stop hospitalizations and deaths. They do not. The CDC right now, currently, right at this very minute, is hiding CDC hospitalization. The CDC is hiding hospitalization data, and that is a New York Times story. You're like, Tom, how do you go from Ukraine to this? Because the reason why we have Kamala Harris over there basically puking out one word word salad after another while Vladimir Putin laughs at her and does whatever the heck he wants to do because he knows these people are way out of their element. Kamala Harris could not respond to an eighth grade bathroom emergency. She couldn't. I'm telling you that right now. She couldn't do it. So he knows that. And you're like, again, what does this have to do with COVID? She shouldn't be there. If the church in descending order, if the church had not caved to COVID in the United States, Donald Trump would be president and Vladimir Vladimir Putin would be very quiet. Just like Kim Jong-un. It was very quiet. Kim Jong-un now, of course, is testing missiles again over the North China Sea, which he stopped doing one year, not even one year after Trump took took office because he was terrified of Trump. And that, you know, it's, it's weird how it all works, isn't it? It's strange. When are our embassies taken? Well, let, let's go back in time, shall we? Let's see. Jimmy Carter in Tyran, in Tehran, Democratic, libtard president, weak need, absolute pathetic person, pathetic president. Tyran, Tyran, uh, Iran, Tehran, Iran, embassy was taken over. Right there, we had, we had that. Of course, Barack Obama and Benghazi, that was taken over. And then, of course, Joe Biden. In Afghanistan, our embassy was taken over. So it's a tradition. They lose all their, all the Democratic presidents lose their embassies. And by the way, I don't think I missed one, did I? Well, I guess Bill Clinton didn't lose an embassy. So, well, no, yeah, it was, yeah, only Bill Clinton was spared over the last four Democrats. He didn't lose an embassy. The Republicans didn't lose any embassies. And let's see, let's go into Ukraine. When was Crimea taken? Oh, let's see, while well, Barack Hussein Obama, remember, you had Donald Trump, who actually did send all of the necessary weapons to Ukraine. He gets impeached because allegedly he was giving them some sort of ultimatum that he wouldn't give them weapons, even though he did give them all the weapons. Barack Hussein Obama didn't give him any weapons. And you have, you have Vladimir Putin go into Ukraine and ex, and ex Crimea. Strange, isn't it? How that works. So you have Barack Obama, then you have Joe Biden, Barack Obama too, Barack Obama 2.0. 
Barack Obama, even worse, which we never thought that could happen because Barack Obama took over for Jimmy Carter as the worst president in history. And then we never thought that, that, that Barack Obama would lose his place so quickly, but he's lost it very quickly in less than five years. He now is the second worst president of all time because Joe Biden has come in and now you have Vladimir Putin doing whatever he wants to do in Ukraine. So far, all Vladimir Putin has done is recognize territories inside the Ukraine that are sympathetic with Russia, basically as separatist countries. That's what he's done so far. There's been a few minor shots fired, but then, but so you don't have all of these people in charge. If you don't cave to COVID, the Christians caved, then the conservatives caved, then the moderates caved, then the independents caved. And of course the spineless worm neocon liberals all cave because that's part of the WEF plan. All right, let's go to the next one. Lauren Boebert tweet. Biden sent Kamala to Europe to fix the problem in Ukraine. And now Putin gives a speech recognizing sovereignty for two Ukrainian regions. Great job, Kamala. Everywhere she goes, failure follows. Obviously, she's in charge of our border. We had 2 million people illegally cross the border that we know of in 2021. World records in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and December. Every single month was a world record and compared to that month and that month in all times past. This, this is who these people are. This is why you don't, as a Christian, make up your own form of love and lock down like Burger King locks down. This is why you don't, as a Christian, make up your own form of love that trumps the word of God, which is Jesus. And Jesus is the word, John chapter 1, verse 1, John chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus is the Bible. If the Jesus that you are following is your own version of love, understand that you are a heretic following heresy. If your version of love is anything but the Bible, or you feel the need, maybe you're a Christian like this, you feel the need to filter the Bible, to censor the Bible because the Bible is too harsh because you're more loving than the Bible. You yourself are an idol. You are an idol worshiper, worshiping yourself. You should go carve an image to yourself and burn incense to yourself. But this is why you don't cave to these people. You stand in the word of God, no matter what the consequence. And if you stand in the word of God, the consequence will be absolute prosperity in every way, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You will prosper if you stand in the word of God. There is no Jesus outside of the word of God. There is none. Otherwise, if you don't, you end up with people like this in charge. Play for me, Naz. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities. See what I mean? Play the next one for me. What point does the administration say, you know what, the strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. 
Be ye not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. If you're a Christian and you sowed the nonsense, locked down your churches, put masks on and took vaccines, now you're reaping nonsense. Aaron said this, my producer said this in the middle of the, while we were watching the videos, that it sounds like somebody who's trying to write an essay and they just are trying to make up words because they got to come up with 500 to a thousand words because that's the requirement for the essay. These are the people in charge. We got to play it one more time. Play it for me, Ness. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going and our vision for where we should be but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities. <laughs> together, we've got to get together to come up together. Play it for me, Ness, hit it, go ahead, play. What point does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working, we're gonna change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Luckily, we have we have Joe Biden to fall, off, fall, you know, fall back on. Thank goodness. This is a Greg Price video. Play it for me. Yesterday, the world heard clearly the full extent of Vladimir Putin's twisted rewrite of history, going back more than a century as he waxed eloquently, noting that, well, I'm not going to go into it, but nothing in Putin's lengthy remarks indicate any interest in pursuing real dialogue. These are scary times. You got to watch at the end of the podcast tonight. I play a video with Trump. Uh, Donald Trump talking to Cash Patel like this is the worst we ever. This is the worst we've ever seen. Right now, I never thought I would see worse. I remember Jimmy Carter. I was a little kid, but I remember Jimmy Carter, and I rem and I remember Barack Obama. And honestly, I never thought it would get any worse. Because here's the thing: Barack Obama and Jimmy Carter are just wicked baby butchers. That's who they are. Joe Biden is a wicked baby butchering monstrosity, and so is Kamala Harris, but they are mixed with complete and total incompetency. And it's not that their wickedness makes them incompetent. They are incompetent and wicked. It's not that their wickedness makes them incompetent, which it does, believe me, but they are, their wickedness makes them incompetent. And not only that, but they themselves outside of the wickedness. They themselves are completely incompetent human beings to even be in this place. Here's the RNC research video. After telling, this is Kamala, after Kamala tells reporters that Putin's made his decision to invade Ukraine, Kamala Harris says the threat of sanctions will absolutely deter him uh, to making the decision. So she says he's already, inv he's already invaded Ukraine, but our sanctions will prevent him from, inv from invading Ukraine. Sounds like a mask wearer. Look at her face. Play it for me. But if you believe Putin has made up his mind, what leverage do you really have? Why not put those sanctions in place now? The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. But let's also recognize the unique nature of the sanctions that we have outlined. These are some of the greatest sanctions, if not the, the, the strongest, that we've ever issued. As I articulated yesterday, it, it is directed at institutions, in particular financial institutions and individuals, and it will exact absolute harm for the Russian economy and their government. 
But if Putin has made up his mind, do you feel that this threat that has been looming is really going to deter him? Absolutely. We strongly believe. And, and remember also that the sanctions are a product not only of our perspective as the United States, but a shared perspective among our allies. And the allied relationship is such that we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because, remember also, we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening, although, open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect, we believe, has merit. This is while Russia had already lobbed rounds into Ukraine already, and she's talking about deterrence. These people are completely out of their element, and it's symbolic. You look at the mask, her allegiance to the COVID orthodoxy, the World Economic Forum COVID orthodoxy, the orthodoxy that makes no sense, the orthodoxy that says we're going to mandate you to take a vaccine because we're going to stop transmission, and, and, the, and the mandate is based on a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission. She's sitting there wearing a cloth mask or less. I don't even know what that thing was, but it is absolutely no chance of stopping COVID at all. But yet she's putting it on her face and there's nobody near her. So it's not, there's no six foot, six foot rule or anything else in place. So these people just speak absolute nonsense. They live absolute nonsense. They propagate absolute nonsense and their world, their their sanctions, their response to, to Vladimir Putin, everything that they're doing is absolute nonsense. Here, here, this will sum it up for you. Jack Posobiec tweet, reporter, will, will sanctions deter Putin? Here's Kamala Harris's response. Within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening, although open, although it is absolutely narrowing within the context of a diplomatic path still being, still being open. Leave this up for me. There you go. Now that, that makes as much sense as putting a mask on your face to stop a virus that the mask can't stop. That makes as much sense as mandating a, max, a, a, a vaccine to stop transmission when the vaccine doesn't stop transmission. That makes as much sense as keeping an unvaccinated person out of the room that, transmit, that transmits virus, but, not, but allowing then the vaccinated person into the same room that also transmits the virus. See, none of this makes any sense at all. Let's read it again. Will sanctions deter, deter Putin, says the, asks the reporter, Kamala Harris, within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening, although open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open. These are the leaders. These are the people that are telling you to take a metal rod full of an experimental vaccine and jam it into your bloodstream. People who talk like this, who are completely out of their element. Anthony Fauci is no different than this. He makes no more sense than this at all. Now let's go on to the next thing. Let's go into Canada for a little bit. This is Marie Oak's tweet, just so everybody knows the facts here. The Emergencies Act has passed in Canada. What does that mean? What that means is that Canada's democracy is completely gone. And just so you know, that means, according to Christia Freeland, which is the deputy prime minister, they're looking to make this permanent. I'll show you that in just a little bit with a Tucker Carlson video. But the, the, 
they are now under martial law. That's what the emergency, that used to be called the War Powers Act or something like that. So it's the Emergencies Act. They are now under martial law. They can stop anybody they want. They can do whatever they want. They can freeze your bank accounts, anything and everything. And just so you know, this is always exactly the MO of the neocon left. In America, what they want to do is call you a racist so that they then can call you a terrorist and then do the exact same thing to you. They may never, hopefully never, issue something like an emergencies act in America. However, that's what they've already done with the FBI with 1-6, with the FBI with the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot, all of that garbage is to say. And then you have, of course, Christopher Ray and Joe Biden who say the number one threat to America is white supremacist terrorism when there hasn't been any white supremacist terrorism since I can remember. But that's the number one threat to America. The reason why they do that is to label a certain amount of the population terrorists so they can implement tyrannous policies like these and take away your rights. That's why they want you, everybody to think that we have systemic racism. So then they can say, you know, we have systemic racism. So now in order for us to combat systemic racism, we need to censor people online. We need to censor social media platforms. We need to take people's rights away. This is all the same thing. We are not ignorant of the devil's devices. I've been saying 2 Corinthians 2.11 for weeks now. Here's a good little summation of it from Tucker Carlson. This is is actually from last night's night's show from Tucker Carlson. Play it for me. You prevent anyone from speaking out against you. So Trudeau is not just targeting people who parked their trucks in Ottawa. He's crushing anyone who supports them. He's going after their employers. Over the weekend, the owner of a trucking company in Ontario received this threatening call from Trudeau's authorities. Listen. Well, my job is to um, to phone the registered owner of the trucks to ask them if they're still in Ottawa. And if they are still in Ottawa, I was to tell the registered owners that now they can be subject to the new measures under the Emergency Measures Act so they can like seize assets and freeze bank accounts and all that kind of stuff. So Trudeau's government is promising to seize company assets and zero out bank accounts because one company truck parked on the street in Ottawa. It's not simply an overreaction, a grotesque overreaction to a peaceful protest. It's a wild and unprecedented expansion of powers that is permanent and that make democracy impossible. Canada's finance minister explained that Trudeau is not going to give up this power ever. We will be putting forward uh, measures to put those tools permanently in place. Uh, The authorities of FinTrack, I believe, do need to be expanded to cover crowdsourcing platforms uh, and uh, payment platform and their payment providers. Uh, So that is something that we need to do and we will do and that needs to be in place permanently. You'll notice that some of the harshest authoritarians, not simply in Canada, but across the West, speak in light, lilting voices going up on the last syllable. They don't sound like Mussolini, but they've awarded themselves greater powers. By the way, this all seems to have happened overnight in Canada, but that's simply because most Americans don't pay attention. A year ago, Canada's government began debating something called C-36. That bill would allow activists to head to court and accuse someone of, quote, contemplating hate speech. Not even saying something unauthorized, just thinking about saying it. So what is hate speech exactly? And what does it look like to contemplate it? Well, 
Back around 2020, a man living in British Columbia wrote to complain to a Canadian government official called Bob Ray. The man wrote that, quote, you and your government have blood on your hands for not quarantining Canada's borders before we'd imported COVID from around the world, end quote. Now, you can agree with that or disagree with it, but it's hardly a wild opinion. And of course, it will always be permitted in an actual democracy. But the Canadian official's response, Bob Ray's response, quote, worthy of a block, hate speech. Criticize me, the person in power, and now it's hate speech. Now, contemplating saying something like that is itself a crime. Canadian government officials like Bob Ray can send people who criticize them to jail. Trudeau's government has moved to reintroduce Bill C-36, quote, as quickly as possible. Now, the Biden administration, you should know and not forget, has encouraged all of this. Vladimir Putin is the tyrant, they tell us, not Justin Trudeau. At this point, it's pretty clear that if you want to know the future they are planning for us in the United States, look north to Canada. So you've got to look at this correctly. This is not an overreaction. This is not hypocrisy, although it is both of those things. Please understand that when you see a politician who has espoused mask wearing, not wearing a mask themselves, it is not hypocrisy. Yes, the act is hypocritical, but it is not hypocrisy. It's actually hierarchy. It is what is good for thee is not good for me. You are a peasant. I am an elitist. That is what it is. And this is not an overreaction. This is a purposeful power grab. And you have the deputy prime minister, her name, Christina, Christina Freeland, used to be a journalist here in the United States, saying that they are trying to make the emergency, the emergencies act. That's what it's called. As everyone puts other words on it and messes me up. It's simply called the emergencies act. People put emergency measures act. No, it used to be called the war measures act, but it's the emergencies act. They want to make all of its stipulations permanent, where at any time, if the government says that you are a purveyor of hate speech, they can freeze your account. That's why they want to call you homophobic. That is why they want to call you, uh, 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 you know, a racist. That's why they want to call you anti-transgender. Whatever it may be, this, this is why they want to call you fascist. They want to put in this place. But by, and by the way, this bill, they're trying to reenact Bill C-36, where they can, you can be arrested, you can be criminally charged, you can be turned in for even thinking about saying something they don't want you to say that they deem to be hate speech. Remember, what could that be? And by the way, that should absolutely floor leftists. That should floor traditional liberals. Because eventually, don't you think that you will say something that's hate speech? And what? How would you know in an ever-changing world that something hasn't now become hate speech? You were allowed to say gay a while ago on all the TV shows. I, I watch a lot of reruns of Frasier, Seinfeld, uh, King of Queens, everybody loves Raymond all that you're allowed to even make fun of that word gay you can't do that anymore I imagine that you'd be arrested under bill c-36 in Canada for even thinking about hate speech or making an inappropriate joke and you don't think that that's happening right now people have already been arrested in Great Britain in England for wrongful joking that's an absolute fact for wrongful joking, for actually making an inappropriate joke. And how this doesn't absolutely rivet the souls of people who are on the left is amazing because you don't think eventually it will turn on you. And then let's put it this way. What if I, as a right winger, was deciding what's hate speech for you? 
So if you say something like Trump is a Nazi, you need to be arrested under Bill C-36. If you were to say that gay is okay, then you will be arrested under Bill C-36 under the hate speech statute. Do you see what I'm saying? How does it not scare you as a leftist that this won't turn on you when the right wingers are back in charge because they are sure to be? Because even if you notice, what was the, uh, I'm going to turn back here. What was, uh, there it is. Here's the vote total. for the emergencies act it was yay 185 nay 151 so it was relatively close most of the yays are only are only doing it because they're terrified of the repercussions of not doing it they don't actually believe in it so it can turn at any moment and if you have a bill c30 c36 thank you for that nas for for putting that up if you have a b a, a bill c36 up there and it says you know what if you even think about putting out hate speech and it's in place and it is now a statute. It is now law in whatever country you're at. Symbolically, I'm just using the term Bill C-36. We can call it anything we want. Bill B-35 in the United States. And in place are politicians arresting you for using speech they don't like. Then what happens when the right is in charge? We already see what's happening with the left is when the left is in charge. But I, I can't believe that leftists who used to be traditional liberals, free to be a bird and be live and let live people aren't concerned with, you know what, what's going to happen when the right's in charge. It's not only when the right's in charge, because you see leftists now are no longer liberals. They're neocon elitists. They're neocon progressives. They're neocon progressive socialists. It's no longer okay for you to have a viewpoint and me to have a viewpoint. It has to be, it's, and it's not only okay, it's not, it's not okay for you to simply tolerate somebody else's viewpoint. You have to publicly say that you agree with that person's viewpoint or lose your bank account or lose your freedom. That's where we're at now. And that doesn't, that doesn't rivet you to your soul as a leftist. And it should rivet everybody who COVID caved all these months ago, because it only has taken us 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve to get where we're at right now, where you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your QR coded mark of the beast on your phone, where you have, you have despots, little Mussolini terrorists, blackface Hitler's, like Justin Trudeau, who are now in charge and they were given all of these powers because of COVID-19. Oh, Tom, that's not true. It's absolutely true. Why is it that he initiated the Emergencies Act? Because you had a group of truckers in Ottawa in a peaceful protest who, who came in and blocked some streets. So he puts in, and then by the way, cleared the streets before he even enacted the Emergencies Act. Cleared the streets, all for what reason? They were there to protest having to take a vaccine to stop transmission when the vaccine doesn't stop transmission and they're alone in a truck. So they're there to protest this vaccine mandate. And this is what is given Justin Trudeau his emergency act powers. It all comes back to COVID-19 because it was the it was the plan from day 1 outlined in event 201, outlined in the bioweapons level 4 bioweapons lab in Wuhan, China, where you had them form the make the make the virus happen, release it at the World Military Games which took place where in December of 2019, the World Military Games took place where in Wuhan, China, and you have right there in Wuhan, China, 
the, the level four bioweapons lab, lab funded by Peter Daszak, funded by Anthony Fauci, funded by Bill Gates, funded by the World Economic Forum, who later did Event 201, funded by Bill and Melinda Gates, funded by the World Economic Forum. I, don't, I, I take back what I said about the World Economic Forum funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I don't know that. But the World, that the world Economic Forum did, did fund and put on along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Event 201, which was wargaming against the coronavirus in October of 2019, when none of us had ever heard the word corona outside of the beer. None of us had ever, ever thought of corona as being anything to do with an illness, with a, with a viral respiratory infection. We never thought of it, but lo and behold, they did two months prior to the outbreak at the World Military Games. Two months prior, you had Bill and Melinda Gates and the World Economic Forum put on Event 201 wargaming about how to respond to COVID-19. Not, that, not how to solve COVID-19, but how to get everybody vaccinated, how to deal with misinformation and disinformation. That's what it was all about. And that's what you've seen now. It's all about how do we deal with disinformation? You mean the truth? How do we deal with misinformation? You mean the truth? How do, we, how do we suppress everybody who disagrees with us? And it only took us 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. And I just wonder, maybe there's a few people out there watching right now. Remember, you thought we were all crazy. You thought that we were all conspiracy theories, theorists, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists. Well, look at where we are now. Are you ready to say those three horrible words that you're terrified of? I was wrong. Were you ready to say it? Or do you still refuse to repent? Look at where we're at now. Look at this Justin Trudeau quote. Look at this. We are going to end this pandemic by proceeding with the vaccination. Leave this up now because I'm going to go through this step by step. Now, how would you end this pandemic with a vaccination? A vaccination that doesn't stop infection. So how do you end this? How do you end this pandemic? Doesn't stop transmission. How do you end this pandemic? Doesn't stop hospitalization. How do you end this pandemic? Doesn't stop COVID death. How do you end this pandemic? There is still a part of the population fiercely against it. Yeah, because it makes absolutely no sense. And it's experimental. And it's killing people. And it's maiming people. And there's people for the rest of their life that'll be on blood thinners. There's people for the rest of their life that have myocarditis or pericarditis. And there are many, many thousands upon thousands and probably million, millions that are dead. They don't believe in science or progress. Well, what is the science that he believes in? A mask that doesn't work. A mandated vaccine to stop transmission with a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission. And look what it is. See how, see how, see how he blends it all together? They don't believe in science, but along with that or progress and very often are misogynistic and racist. How, what, what does science have to do with misogyny and racism? Because it's all the exact same plan. The response to George Floyd is the exact same plan as the response to COVID-19. A bunch of nonsensical science that is absolutely fraudulent. Science that doesn't exist. And some of you may be tired of me saying this, but I will tell you this. Derek Chauvin, you might be thinking, because I'm a former cop that I'm backing the blue. No, I listen, I am very, very... Uh, skeptical about backing the blue and I, I actually pick and choose when I back the blue now where I used to be basically 100% back the blue because you know back in the blue now am I black, backing the Ottawa Police Department which are simply tools of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum 
Absolutely not. I pick and choose whether or not I back the blue. I don't even know what I was talking about now, though. Well, very often our misogynistic and race. Oh, Derek Chauvin, that's it. So Derek Chauvin, so here's the thing. So let's look at the science, right? So Derek Chauvin's spending 22 years in prison. Most people, basically every single person in Minnesota that has the exact same charging affidavit, the exact same convictions as Derek Chauvin spends 11 years in prison, his exact same conviction load, his list of convictions, will spend 11 years in prison. He, however, has been sentenced to twice that. Twice that. Absolutely makes no sense. So again, a nonsensical response to facts and data. Facts and data is this list of convictions leads to 11 years in prison. Well, nah, 22 years in prison for you. And I didn't even like the way Chauvin handled the call. I'm not saying that. And I'm definitely not backing the blue. What I'm doing is I'm backing facts. So here it is. So George Floyd, in order for Derek Chauvin to be guilty of murder two and manslaughter, which is basically the two things that he's been convicted of, he had to have stopped the life of George Floyd, right? So how did Derek Chauvin stop the life of George Floyd? How did he do it? It would have to be asphyxiation. He had to be have strangled George Floyd to death. George Floyd, according to the autopsy, had had 95% oxygen saturation to his lungs the entire time. At the moment of death, George Floyd's oxygen level in his lungs, his oxygen saturation level in his lungs was 95%. So it is impossible that he was strangled to death. You watching this podcast right now, if you are breathing normally, you have a 95 to 99% oxygen saturation rate in your lungs right now. And that's exactly what George Floyd had as he was lying on the ground, saying that he couldn't breathe. He had 95% of his of uh, 95% oxygen saturation rate in his lungs. So how did Derek Chauvin strangle him to death when at the moment of death his lungs were fully functioning and filled with oxygen? Do you see it? Do you see how it works? Absolute fact responded to with absolute nonsense. Convicting him of killing someone? How did he kill him? Well, we don't know. He just killed him. Well, okay, we killed him because he was, George Floyd was, was, was asphyxiated. No, no, he wasn't. So explain to me why Derek Chauvin's in prison. And by the way, the, the autopsy stated, the medical examiner said that George Floyd had three times the lethal amount of fentanyl in his bloodstream than a normal living, than anybody could ever have. So he had three times the lethal amount. Three times what it would take to kill a normal person was in his bloodstream. And Derek Chauvin's in prison for the rest of his life for asphyxiating George Floyd when his oxygen level, his, his oxygen saturation rate was that of a normal person? At the moment of death? This is, this is identical to COVID. Well, we put a mask on. For what reason? A, a COVID particles, 0.06 to 0.14 microns. The best mask on planet Earth, an N95, starts at blocking particles three times that size to put a mask on. Same thing as Derek Chauvin. Well, the, the white officer is an existential threat. See the misogyny? See the misogyny here? The white officer is an existential threat to the American black male. Well, really? 
because it shows every year that police kill between five and 15 roughly unarmed black men every year and over 20 unarmed white men per year. Well, that's of course is because, you know, look at the dispro- you know, disproportionality of the populations. Well, really? Because, you know, you, black people only make up 13% of the population. So that's disproportionate. Well, no, but they commit 56% of all violent crimes. So their interactions with police officers are far higher. So it's not disproportionate at all. You see, but they'll come out and say that it's an existential threat to the black man. A white police officer is an existential threat to a black man. That's the same lie as wearing a mask or locking down your church, COVID caving Christian. And what's amazing to me is all the COVID caving Christians know all of this and still refuse to say those three words they're terrified of, I was wrong. All right, they take up some space. I'll keep reading this. They take up some, here it is. They don't believe in science, the, the science that makes as much sense as the Derek Chauvin case. They don't believe in science or progress and very often are misogynistic and racist. I'd like to see the data on that. I'd like to see the statistical studied out data that shows that people who don't believe in the COVID science are racist and misogynist. They take up some space. This leads us as a leader and as a country to make a choice. Do we tolerate these people? This was said last year, barely last year on December 29th by Justin Trudeau. And this is now who has military martial law control of the entire country of Canada that used to be a democracy. He can arrest anybody he wants. He can freeze anybody's account. He can pull you over without probable cause. He can do whatever he wants because Canada is under martial law. And what's really sad is, is more than half of their parliamentarian doesn't even care and voted to give them those rights and really give them those rights indefinitely because they don't even meet again for another week. He can do whatever he wants. Truly amazing that Canada is where it's at. And by the way, America isn't far off. Thank goodness we're armed. All right, are we at post-millennial, Naz? All right, Trudeau says, MPS video here, uh, who vote against the Emergencies Act indicate they don't trust government. Play it for me. Communauté et leur liberté. I can't imagine that anyone who votes no tonight is doing anything other than indicating that they don't trust the government uh, to make uh, incredibly momentous and important decisions at a very difficult time. But like I said, I am confident that the majority of parliamentarians will stand up to support our values, to stand up, support our democracy. Come here, and that's good. So there you go. He says, you know what? If you don't vote for me to have absolute power, absolute, unfettered, unchallengeable power, you do not trust the government to make incredibly momentous and important decisions. Well, I don't. Even when Donald Trump was in charge, I don't trust government to make incredibly momentous and important decisions because everybody in government, and I'll break off from Canada for a minute, everybody in the establishment swamp in DC only cares about who? They only care about their own personal power and their own personal wealth, i.e. the Nancy Pelosi's of the world and the Mitch McConnell's of the world who have become filthy, rotten rich as members of Congress and Senate. I don't have, I don't trust these people at all. And it's amazing that he even puts it out there. If you don't vote for, for me to have unfettered martial law powers, you don't trust government and everybody should stand up and go, well, of course we don't trust government. But sadly, there's so many mask-wearing, lockdown, vaccinated sheep 
that guys can get away with saying things like this and nobody even raises an eyebrow. Michael P. Sanger tweet. In, in speech this morning, Justin Trudeau refused to say what emergency exactly had led to his invocation of the Emergencies Act. Leave this up, Naz. So again, bring it back to Chauvin. What killed George Floyd? Asphyxiation. But he had 100, he had 95% oxygenation in his lungs. So that can't be. So Justin Trudeau, what emergency is it that has caused you to initiate the Emergencies Act? No answer. And nobody cares. Truly amazing to me. If you're a leftist, you should care because what happens when the right-wingers do it? You should care. And this is exactly how it happens. Nobody paid attention to Adolf Hitler from 1930 to 1938, and this was the stuff he was doing. And everybody thinks there can't be another Hitler. There can be. There's Xi Jinping right now who is every bit as bad as Hitler. The CCP is worse than Adolf Hitler could have ever imagined. The CCP has annihilated at least a half a billion people in China. Absolute fact. In speech this morning, Justin Trudeau refused to say what emergency exactly led to his invocation of the Emergencies Act or exactly when such emergency might, might end. He can't name which emergency it is because there hasn't been an emergency. What, what emergency was there? That before he initiated the Emergencies Act, all the truckers had cleared the road. They were still parked there, but they had cleared the road. There was no violence. There was no racism. There was no Confederate flags, even though who cares if there was. There was nothing. So what was the emergency? There isn't any. Just like there isn't any reason to mask. There isn't any reason to vaccinate. But they do the exact same thing every time. They just create it. They propagate it. They gaslight it. And then everybody just jumps on board. Except for most of us that are watching this right now. I know that I'm preaching to the choir. And I don't mean to be yelling at you. I'm yelling at the one or two people on here that are watching that still have never said as a Christian or as a conservative, I was wrong. Still have a myriad of, of conservatives out there with their first sentences. Well, you know, I'm vaxxed, but I'm against the vaccine mandates. They're still, they're still pimping and whoring vaccines as, as conservatives, as pastors, as Christians. When those very vaccines are a lie in and of themselves, they don't stop transmission. The mandate comes in to stop transmission using a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission. It all makes the same sense. Put that back up for me, Ness. It makes the same sense as this statement. He can't name why he initiated the act. He can't name when it will end, but promised to relinquish his emergency powers as soon as it was over. Yeah, remember that? 15 days to flatten the curve. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Here's another one. Here's, here's Minister Freeland. Christia Freeland says the way to get your account unfrozen. Congratulations, all you COVID cavers. Congratulations. This is where we're at. And I don't care that you opened up your church a year ago. If you haven't said the vaunted words, I was wrong. If you're a pastor and you've never come out and said, I was wrong, then what is your congregation going to think the next time tyranny comes calling? You never said you were wrong to lock down to begin with. So when Klaus Schwab comes out and he says, you know what? You need to lock down your church because we put a meter in the air and said that and it indicated that there's too much CO2 in the air. So you need to lock down your church today. Your, your congregation pastor or Christian leader never heard you say I was wrong to begin with. So what are they going to do this time? They're going to sheep it up again. Bah! They're going to sheep it up again. Because you as a pastor, which is a leader of sheep, 
It's not to be little people. That's just what it is. You know, I'm no respecter of persons just like God is, and I'm not above anybody. I'm just saying that if you take the, the biblical characteristics of the words, you're supposed to be leading your flock. And you never came out and said I was wrong. And now look at the verbiage. Look at what has happened. In only two years, less than two years, look at what has happened. Where you have the deputy prime minister saying the way to get your account unfrozen is to stop being part of the Freedom Convoy protest efforts. Play for me, Naz. Uh, and then finally, let me say, uh, for anyone who is concerned that their accounts may have been frozen because of their participation in these illegal blockades and occupation, the way to get your account unfrozen is to stop being part of the blockade and occupation. This is this. These measures were put in place to disrupt illegal activity in Canada. As you have the orthodoxy right behind her, those adhering to the orthodoxy, those propagating the orthodoxy, all got their cloth masks on that do absolutely nothing. It, you realize how stupid and ridiculous you are if you wear a mask? But yet you put it on a mask that does absolutely nothing. And there is the prime minister of Canada behind there with the clown next to him to his left, both wearing these giant masks that do absolutely nothing. And they know they do absolutely nothing and still strap them on their face. While the deputy prime minister, Christia Freeland, comes up and says, you know what? As long as you do exactly what we want you to do, say exactly what we want you to say, we'll unfreeze your bank account for you. And then they accuse you of being Hitler. Play it for me, Naz. How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these... Back to me. So the very woman that is accusing you, if you ever used any sort of Hong Kong language or whatever it is, accusing you of being Hitler is the very one that is in favor of you having to show your papers you having to be forcefully vaccinated for you to be censored and banned off of media. And now for her own prime minister to have martial law powers. And then she calls you Hitler. You know why she does that? She's projecting. That is who she is. And she's trying to throw it on you. That's why whenever you hear Joe, B Joe Biden, who's a notorious racist, call you a racist. Understand that's who he is. That's who these people are. Whenever they say that you are trying to destroy democracy because you dare question an election and you want forensic audits in Arizona and Georgia and Pennsylvania and Michigan and so forth and so on, and they say you're a threat to democracy, why are they saying you're a threat to democracy? Because they carried on the fraudulent election and are the threat to democracy. Embrace it. Be, just be like, you know what? I know now who they are. Whatever names they're calling me is exactly who my political opponent is. Simple as that. It's very, it's like that inside the church. Whenever somebody inside the church is all offended and all bothered and they accuse you of things, it's because there's something definitely wrong on the inside of them. You just go, you know what? It just shows that I am actually correct. Disclosed TV video. Canada's uh, PM, Trudeau, even though the blockades are lifted, the state emergency is not over. Play it for me, Nas. 
As I said, the Emergencies Act is not something to undertake lightly, and it's something that needs to be momentary, temporary, and proportional. That's why every single day I'm receiving briefings and we are reflecting on how much longer the Emergencies Act needs to be in place. We don't want to keep it in place a single day longer than necessary. But even though uh, the blockades are lifted uh, across border uh, openings right now, uh, even though uh, things seem to be resolving very well in Ottawa, this state of emergency is not over. Uh, there continues to be real concerns uh, about the coming days. Uh, but we what are those concerns? He never names one of them. Notice that? Same thing as COVID rhetoric. Same thing all the statistics say every single time. What the statistics say, which is COVID is not an existential threat to your life, but yet they treat it as if it is absolute facts and data, absolute perfect facts and data, true facts and data are responded to with absolute nonsense. But don't worry, because according to that statement, Justin Trudeau is reflecting. He's reflecting. So he's good. Every single day, he's reflecting. We have no problem. And he says that I don't want to keep the emergency powers in place a single day longer than I have to. Oh, really? He's a purveyor of 15 days to flatten the curve. Then it was 30. Then it was 60. And now we're at 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. Don't worry. He's going to. And while he's saying this, Christina Freeland is meeting with legislators to put into place legislation that will keep his emergency powers in place in perpetuity. In other words, for forever. While he's saying the exact opposite, which is exactly what happened with COVID. Claire Worth tweet, in case you missed it, I want to bring it back to America. Biden extended, (laughs) there it is. Biden extended the national emergency status regarding COVID. Why? 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 Why is there an emergency with COVID? Where? Where is it? I'm right here. I live in a community that is one of the oldest communities on the planet. Charlotte County and Sarasota County, Florida. I love where I live, but it's one of the oldest places in the world. There isn't anybody dying of COVID here. What's the emergency, please? Please name it because Joe Biden has just extended the national emergency. In other words, so he can put out COVID dictates. Remember, like, leave this up for me, Ness. Remember, he said that he was never going to mandate vaccinations or mask wearing, and he mandated both at various levels. He mandated both. And yet now here he is extending the national emergency status for COVID-19 past its March 1st expiration date. Why would that be exactly? Because he's exactly the same as Justin Trudeau. He just can't get away with enough because he can't get get away with as much as Justin Trudeau can because we have, let's leave that for me, because we have guns here in America. We're blocked on both Facebooks. Holy moly. Wow. Rumble, share as much as you can. I don't know why we're blocked, but we are. As usual, Facebook has been taking us down over and over again. Aaron, are you trying to get us back up? Uh, we're trying to get back up. If you're watching it all in any way, shape, or form, switch over to Black Robe TV. Uh, switch over to Rumble. This is why we. Are, this is that's why everyone's got to have a Getter account. You got to have a Gab account. You got to have a Rumble account. Here we are, banned again. This is four out of our last five podcasts. We've been blocked or banned by Facebook. They're they're. It's all absolute lies. We haven't done one thing wrong. There is nothing. It's free speech. And by the way, you should never be able to ban somebody unless it's unless it's somebody trying to instigate violence or putting up pornography. That is part of being a platform. They are not allowed to do this. Well, it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. Okay, so if I own an office building, then I can keep out Hispanics and blacks if I want to. I can keep out whites if I want to. 
I can keep out Asians if I want to. I can keep out homosexuals. If I, it's a private business. I can do whatever I want, right? And here's Facebook doing this once again. And what's amazing to me is these companies, they are going to lose their rear ends because the parallel culture is beginning to rise. All right, disclosed TV video. Is that where we're at? It's just so you know, Joe Biden, of course, just extended the emergency order. What else is he doing? He's building a wall around his own home, not his own literal home, but where he spends some of his time. He spends most of his time in Delaware, so that would be his literal home there, which, by the way, he has a wall around his literal home. And now he's building a wall around his work home, a wall that you're not allowed to have on the southern border, but with a police force that he wants to defund while keeping and increasing the budget of his own police force, guns that he wants to take away from you while he's surrounded with armed protection. So he has guns and you don't so that you're weak and he's not. But here we have the Capitol fence. You just side by side this, Aaron, if you're not too busy to do it. There he goes, side by side. There it is. Capitol fence is going back up. Why? Now he's just extended the Emergencies Act. Right, so he just said, you know what? We're still under a COVID emergency. And now he's surrounding the Capitol with a fence again over a year past his inauguration speech where they had all the giant fences up and the machine fed machine guns all over dc and thirty thousand troops in dc but for all those white supremacist terrorists that were going to attack at any moment right so now he's got the fence up again what for because he's given a state of the union address it's just like justin trudeau well what emergency is it that 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 you are that, that you can name that has caused you to implement the Emergencies Act. Well, Joe Biden, what is, what, what is the emergency that has caused you to build a fence? Uh, I'm giving a State of the Union address? There it is, once again. It's absolutely the same every single time. All right, disclosed TV video. New, prim, uh, new uh, Prime Minister Trudeau says Canada will stand against... <laughs> okay, so remember all the Trudeau has done, and now he's talking about... Now he's talking about Ukraine, and he says that Canada will stand against authoritarianism. Play it for me. Canada and our allies will defend democracy. We are taking these actions today to stand against authoritarianism. The people of Ukraine, like all people, must be free to determine their own future we will continue working with our international partners to safeguard Ukraine's territorial integrity and prevent further Russian aggression. So there you have, what, what makes him different than Vladimir Putin? He currently rules his country just like Vladimir Putin does and then says he's against authoritarianism. Remember the projecting? He's projecting onto Vladimir Putin that which he is. Now here's the weird thing. Hey Aaron, can you roll that back to the very beginning? And I want you to, and then freeze it for me and I'll tell you when to start it. I want you to watch this deputy prime minister there. That's the one, well, they both have masks on. They both have dark hair. The one to your left, Christia Freeland, the one you see all the time. I just noticed this and it struck me as just very, very odd. She's the one to your left, the shorter one with the red necklace on. Watch her head movements while he talks. Hit it for me and just leave it side by side. Canada I'll talk over it. and our Look allies will defend democracy. We are taking these actions today to stand against authoritarianism. The people of Ukraine, like all people, must be free to determine their own future. We will continue working with our international I mean, partners to safeguard Ukraine's These people, territory. you can back to me, these people are so freaking weird. They really are. And, you, and listen, anybody who thinks that it's okay to go into the womb of a woman and suck out the brains of a living child and call it an abortion 
is not fit to tell you what to do in any way, shape, or form. All right, let's look at some COVID stuff tonight. Here's real. This is real Russian video. Good thing multiple studies successfully confirm what Kelly was saying. Watch this video, and then we'll break it down. Play it for me. Opinion. Now they're not my Ivermectin. words. That's Craig not. Kelly. That's not my. Craig that's Kelly. not. Hey, that's not my words. That's that, not my theories. That study you're referring that, to. That is, no, not, Listen, no, that study I'm, you're referring, referring to, to because no, this is important. I'm not referring to any study. You are misrepresenting what I'm saying. What, what, what no, I just no, no. quoted I, there. I did my research, Craig, as you I asked us to do. You need to listen for a moment. But hang on. Ivermectin is a wonderful drug. You are right. If you have scabies. Or oh, look, you, you obviously haven't read. I'm sorry, you are not listening to our. You've got to listen to the science. You've got to listen to. Are our you most a scientist? Are you a scientist, Craig? I'm no, not. I am listening. I, I have just quoted the senior immunologist in this country, the most highest credentialed immunologist in this country. Now, are you saying that he's wrong? I'm saying the chief no, medical no, officer. No, Every well, global saying, medical saying, body in the world no, has rejected the use sorry, of those two drugs. I'm sorry, that drugs, is incorrect. Craig. That is incorrect. People in the 90s are a significant danger of the bad outcomes of COVID. Dr. Mikesh Heikerwal says a COVID patient the Queen's age should be isolating and might benefit from new medicines currently approved for high-risk patients at Australian hospitals. These tablets or these infusions can make a dramatic difference to their immediate uh, welfare and health and how they feel but also their long-term benefits as well. And my benefit from new medicines currently approved for high-risk patients at Australian hospitals. These tablets. Now they're not my Ivermectin, words. That's Craig not. Kelly, that's not my. Craig that's Kelly, not. That's not my words. That's that not my theories. That study you're referring that, to. That is, no, not, Listen, no, that study you're referring, referring to. Because no, I'm not this referring is to important. Any study. You are misrepresenting what I'm saying. What, what, I'm, what no, I just no, no, quoted I, there. I did my research, on, Craig, as you asked us to do. You need to listen for a moment. But hang on. Ivermectin is a wonderful drug. You are right. If you have scabies. Or oh, look, you, you obviously haven't read. I'm sorry, you are not listening to our. You've got to listen to the science. You've got to listen to. Are our you most a scientist? Are you a scientist, Craig? I'm no. not. So there you go. Now here's the thing with this: you have the libtard idiot reporter saying that ivermectin. Let's just break it down, and make it easy. He's talking about experimental drugs, whether it's monoclonals, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. Which, by the way, every African country who prophylactically takes iver takes hydroxychloroquine. They, uh, they, there is no COVID. For, they, take iver, they take hydroxychloroquine to prevent malaria, and there's no COVID there. Strange how that works. Where you've got South Africa, which is only 27% vaccinated, that has completely erad eradicated COVID, has statistically zero COVID deaths. Funny how that works. And this, these alleged experimental drugs that, of course, this libtard, fully vaccinated and boosted probably twice, lib uh, liberal reporter has to be saying are experimental drugs that don't work. Well, let's, let's break this down. And by the way, just so everybody knows, strom stromectol that is now being pushed is ivermectin. Just so you know, just whenever you hear that, because they depend on you. Not The Bible says to study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. Hosea 4, 6, 2 Timothy 2, 15, respectively. So you need to know what you're talking about. So whenever you hear them suddenly come out, hey, there's a great new drug out. It's called stromectol. Well, stromectol is ivermectin, just so you know. 
That's the way that it is. But if you look at this video now, and this is focusing on the treatment, the middle of the video was focusing on the treatment of Queen Elizabeth, who is 95 years old, has mild symptoms from COVID. I thought it was a death sentence, right? No, everybody over the age of 80, regardless, regardless of comorbidities, has a 95% survival rate from COVID. Every, that's an absolute statistical fact. Absolute statistical fact. So you have Queen Elizabeth, 95 years old, has got a mild case of COVID. Now let's look at how she's actually being treated. Let, let's, here it is. Uh, put the first pickup pick up for me. Is that it? So there it is. Stromectol. Look, you can't really see it. That's right off of this video, right? So you have that liberal reporter, yap, yap, yapping, saying this is an experimental vac- experimental drug. Funny how it's being used on the Queen. Go to the next one for me, Nas. So I circled it for everybody. There it is. There's ivermectin. See the liptard report of the blondie right there, both both in the middle and the bottom right. There she is, experimental, shouldn't be used, all these different things. But the queen's taking it. Go to the next one for me. And there it is for you, up nice and close. Stromectol, this is what the queen is taking, ivermectin. Facts. That's the truth. Ivermectin for you. Iver, no ivermectin for you, but ivermectin for them. No guns for you but guns for them. No wall for you, but a wall for them. No police for you, but plenty of police. 2,700 on Capitol Hill for two square mile area. Plenty of police for them. Here's Phil... Philanthropist. It's hard for me to say that right now my mouth's tired. Bill Gates has been discussing mask mandates as a talk radio video at the Munich Security Conference in Germany. What is the downside of wearing a mask? You have to wear pants, don't you? Play it for me. What about masks? I think there are a lot of people in America who are confused about whether they should be wearing a mask. And in the United Kingdom, for example, they've scrapped that altogether. Well, that's interesting. You know, what is the downside of wearing a mask? I mean, it's got to be tough. You know, you have to wear pants. Uh, I mean, this is tough stuff. These societies are so cruel. Why do they make you wear pants? I'm Trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> we, we're very glad you have yours on. Um, so, uh, that will be on the web. Uh-oh. For sure, will be on the web. <laughs> Nothing better than a beautiful woman telling you that she's thrilled that you have your pants on. Nothing better than that for old Billy. Isn't it right, Billy? So here you have Bill Gates. Not, not only allegedly Mr. Philanthropic, right? He's, he's a legendary philanthropist, right? But he's also allegedly a vaccine expert. But there he is saying, what does it hurt for anybody to wear a mask? And Aaron noticed this. I didn't even notice it. There he is easily within six feet of four people not wearing a mask himself. There he is not wearing a mask. If you even pan it, just you can mute it and show it. He's he's within easily within six feet of two people, probably within six feet of three people and not wearing a mask whatsoever. You see what I mean? Because you see, it's not hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. He's better than you. He can't transmit virus because he's better than you are. And he's there he is pushing the mask, pushing the mask. Well, let's look at statistical data. Shall we, Ian Miller, for me, Nas? Nearly three weeks ago, the governor of Delaware claimed his mask mandate vanquished Omicron when Pennsylvania never reinstated a mask mandate, but better results and declined at the same time. Oddly, there haven't been any fact checks debunking his completely inaccurate statement. There it is. Absolute fact. Go to the next one for me. Another Ian Miller, Fauci on June 3rd, COVID surges 
could hit states with low vaccination rates. Reality, on February 20th, highly vaccinated Maine, he's purveying the exact same and propagating the exact same minutia as Bill Gates. And here's the result. Reality on February 20th, after he pushes that, everybody who's got a low vaccination rate is going to have a massive Omicron surge. Well, let's look. Reality on February 20th, highly vaccinated Maine, which I believe is either the first or second, most vaccinated, I think Vermont's number one is one of the most, obviously one of the, one of the highest, but I think Vermont's number one, highly vaccinated Maine, which should have the very low COVID rate, has the highest case rate of any state in the country. Go to the next one for me. Here we go. Ian Miller in yet another stunning success story for mask mandates and vaccine passports. Cases in New Zealand are up nearly 24,000% since the mask mandate in August. And they're now reporting more new population adjusted cases each day than the U.S. Working perfectly as always. And there you have Bill Gates in Germany at a security conference advocating exactly what never works and never will. And there's the graphs to prove it. Kyle Becker tweet. Let me walk. Let me try to walk you through this COVID madness. 99.7% survival rate, which by the way, it's higher than that from zero to 19, higher than that from 20 to 50. It only gets to 99.5% at over 50 years old from 50 to 70, from 50 to 69. The post-infection survival rate for COVID-19 is 99.5%. So from zero to to 19 years of age, the post-infection survival rate is 99.997%. From 19 to 49, it is 99.98%. From 50 to 69, it is 99.5%. So that's where it's really at, but he averages out, so he's correct. Omicron is 91% less deadly than Delta. 76.7% of U.S. is vaccinated. 79% have natural immunity. 93% of COVID-related mortality are over the age of 50. And then they still want to mask your kids. And that's exactly what Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci are still doing, advocating the masking of people under the age of 19. Biden extends state of emergency. There, I mean, how does any of this make any sense? It's just like Justin Trudeau. Tell us the emergency that has caused you to initiate martial law. And let me just say, welcome back to all the Facebook people. Glad you're on. We got banned again. It's either three out of the last four or four out of our last five podcasts. We have been banned by Facebook for doing absolutely nothing wrong. We have free speech rights in America, even on your private business platform. You are a platform, Facebook. Therefore, you can't ban. You cannot be an editor. You are not a publisher. And again, I say this. Well, when we're a private business, we can do whatever they want, whatever we want. Well, can I keep white people out of the building? Can I keep black people out of the building? Can I keep Hispanic people out of the building, even if it's my privately owned business? Absolutely not. You receive out of Section 230 of, st- of federal statutes, you have specific liabilities. You have immunity to liabilities because you are a platform. We are allowed to say anything we want you are violating the constitution of the united states of america by banning only conservatives it doesn't even matter if i did lie i'm allowed to lie and there would be people that would could sue me for defamation just like all those that are going to be sued by kyle rittenhouse that you allowed to speak freely on your platform facebook i know you're watching i know you're listening i know you're transcribing And I pray against you. Let's do that right now. Holy Spirit, 
I pray against every employee, every owner, every decision maker at Facebook. I pray against them now from ever banning any conservative broadcast of any kind. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to not allow them to do this ever again. In Jesus' mighty name, convict them, remove them from their jobs, destroy their livelihoods, whatever it is, because they are evil people. And Lord, in the midst of all of this, I still want them saved. Draw them to the cross as you bring humility and truth into their lives. We pray all of this until the work is done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thomas Massey tweet. 58000 per household. Per household. That's how much money the federal government spent in the name of COVID. Now, I'm trying to add up. How many, now all the COVID checks that I got, I think I got, how many did we get, Hope? Two, maybe? We get two COVID checks, something 600 bucks, something like that. I can't remember. I don't want to say something that's wrong. I know I donated at least one of them in its entirety to the church, but I may have donated them. I, can't, I don't remember. But I, don't, I know it was like 600 bucks, maybe 1200 total that I got, which I don't want any of that garbage anyway, but I'm supposed to get 58 grand. So I'm, I'm just curious about where my $56,800 $56, is. I mean, is that coming? My 56,800, is that coming? Because allegedly $58,000 per household, per household in the United States was spent in the $6 trillion they spent on COVID. Again, congratulations, COVID-caving Christians, COVID-caving conservatives, COVID-caving independents. Fantastic job, COVID-caving liberals. That's how much money the federal government spent in the name of COVID. Even if you consider the vaccines a success, which they're not, they allegedly cost less than $50 each. Where was all that money spent? What could your family have done with 58 grand? Those are the facts. Six trillion dollars added to our debt. And by the way, a lot of that under Donald, uh, Donald Trump. Big giant mistake. If Donald Trump would have sweetened COVID, he'd be president right now. Ian Miller tweet. Since the CDC can't stop fear mongering about kids, here are the hospitalization rates throughout the pandemic among those 65, uh, among those over 65 and those under 18. At the Omicron winter peak the rates among seniors were 1200 percent higher the cdc is a complete joke do we have that graph or not okay let's go on to the next one association of american physicians and surgeons notice who wrote this article association of american physicians and surgeons they might have some idea of what they're talking about the cdc has been reluctant to make it's not even reluctant they are not making data on hospitals so let's change that the CDC is not making data on hospitalization by vaccination by vaccination status public. So they're not putting, leave this up, they are not putting out the data that says whether or not hospitalized people are vaccinated or not. Why would they not be doing that? The CDC official said because they might be misinterpreted as vaccines being ineffective. I don't even know how to put this, leave this up because I, I want to keep using it. So here, how would it be misinterpreted if you have 300 people in the hospital for COVID? And by the way, this is the statistical data coming out of Australia, coming out of Israel, coming out of Great Britain. Great Britain, 75% of their COVID hospitalizations are fully vaccinated people. 90% of COVID hospitalizations in Israel, where they're now on their fourth booster, are fully vaccinated people. 75 to 80%, up to 90% 
of deaths and hospitalizations for COVID-19 in Australia are fully vaccinated. So how would these things be misconstrued? Well, they would use the old argument, of course. Well, of course, most of the hospitalizations are vaccinated because most of the most of the population is vaccinated. Yeah, but your vaccine is supposed to stop the hospitalizations. So how would it be misconstrued exactly? It can't be. They're afraid of the facts. Absolutely true. Kane Marco video, 91% had other health issues on their death certificates. This is, this is in Australia. Play it for me. And now just over 2,600 people have died from COVID in Australia, thanks, to, uh, thanks during this pandemic. But almost all of them, 91% had one or more other health issues wow. listed alongside their death certificate. Now, uh, the conditions that were most uh, most prevalent, chronic cardiac conditions, 35% of people who died from COVID had a chronic heart condition, dementia, 31%, diabetes, 20%, chronic respiratory issues, 16%, hypertension, 14%, cancer, 14%, kidneys, disease, 14%. So we know that vulnerable people who've already got health issues are more prone to dying from COVID. And these statistics do show that is exactly the case. If you're a fit, healthy person, you are very unlikely to die from COVID. And I know that I'm stuck on Facebook. Hey, Facebook, argue with those stats, shall you? I mean, let, let, let's get down and dirty, shall we? Why don't you argue with those stats? Why don't you get busy? Tell me, tell me exactly where we are wrong. That is a mainstream media source that says the following. 91% of the COVID deaths in Australia, 90 freaking 1% had comorbidities. So only 9% of their 2,000 deaths, they had 2,000 deaths in Australia, complete COVID police state for 2,000 deaths, which they have way more than that die every flu season of the flu, even though the flu has now disappeared miraculously. 91% of their COVID deaths had comorbidities, which by the way, is no different in the United States. The 900,000 they say died of COVID. Please go and look at the statistical data on the the CDC website. There's a column on there that says exclusively died of COVID. It's 30 to 50,000 exclusively died of COVID. In Great Britain, which is a country of 68 million people, they have 6,000 COVID deaths. And by the way, Facebook, that comes from the UK's Bureau of Statistical Data, morons. Actually, why don't you actually look at something instead of purveying a stupid narrative that's absolutely non-factual. Those are the absolute facts. 91% of those that have died of COVID in Australia which is a complete totalitarian COVID police state now where you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your QR coded Mark of the Beast on your phone. Can't do anything. Can't work there in, North, in, in Western Australia, which is a province of Australia. You can't even go to work if you're not vaccinated. That, again, because if you go to work, you might spread the vaccine. But the very person they're allowing to go to work who's vaccinated also spreads the vaccine and spreads it worse than you do because they carry a much higher viral load because they're vaccinated. But look at look at the data coming out of Australia. Total population in Australia is 25 million. Total COVID deaths, 2.5 thousand. 2.5 thousand. They'll say it's because of all their mitigations. No, not not at all. If you look at, I can show you one, Ian Miller graph after another, mitigations do absolutely nothing. Lockdowns, masks, vaccine passports do nothing. They have the exact same peaks and valleys whether you do them or not. As a matter of fact, if you want your peak to be higher, mask, vaccinate, vaccine mandate, and lockdown. 
So here's your, here's your chances of dying of COVID in, in Australia, where you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your QR code and mark of the beast, where you have to mask, where you have to social distance, where you're locked down all the time under Dan Andrews and Scott Morrison and the rest of the idiots running that country. Your chance of dying of COVID in the UK, I mean, correction, in Australia is 0.01%, which by the way, has been that same statistic from March of 2020 until now on every single graph. 0.01% or something slightly more or slightly less. It's exactly the same from day one. You'll find that exact same statistic in the United States, exactly the same. All right, here we go. Here's some hypocrisy for you. Suburban black man video. The Views Joy Behard says she is going to do humanity a favor and wear a mask indefinitely. Play it for me. Personally. Personally. Okay. Personally. Personally. I listen to the little voice in my head Mm -hmm. that doesn't really follow 100% what they tell me because Mm -hmm. they keep changing it. Yep. Right. So like very short time ago, they were saying, put the N95 masks on and and now they make sure it's on. And now they're saying you don't have to wear them anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, if I go on the subway, Mm -hmm. if I go in a bus, if I go into the theater, if I go into, um, where else would I go? A crowded spot. A crowded place. I would wear a mask and I might do that indefinitely Mm -hmm. because why do I need a flu or a cold even? And so I'm listening to myself right now. I sort of, I mean, I don't think it's a hundred. Let me just say this too. I've been negative. I want to be positive. 227 people right now on Rumble. I love all of you. I love all of you on Facebook too, but make sure you've got, you can switch to Rumble. Make sure you can switch over to Black Robe TV because who knows what Facebook will do. So here's the thing. I love all of you on Rumble. They don't allow us to share on Facebook. So share on Rumble, share on Rumble. As soon as we can, my producer Aaron, he's a tech wizard. As soon as we can get on to Getter Live, we'll be on Getter Live, Truth Social Live, Gab Live. Anybody will go on live as quick as we can. That's why we buy TV time on Christian Television Network every Saturday night at 1030. But I love all you guys on Rumble. Share, share, share. I'm not even allowed to invite people to friend my page on Facebook. If you hit share right now on Facebook, they won't even let you share it. They may even let you pretend that you're sharing it, but it doesn't go anywhere. Trust me, it's true. We know from tons and tons of people telling us and us trying it ourselves. So there you have Joy Behar. This is what she says. She follows the voice in her head. She quote, I follow the voice in my head and I'm going to wear a mask, even though they're telling me not to wear a mask. Well, let's see if that's true. Shall we? Libby Evans tweet. Joy Bayard said she was going to wear, going to mask in public areas indefinitely quote, because it's just not safe except for last night at out at this restaurant. Apparently I hear that she also walked out of the restaurant unmasked though her companions dutifully donned there. So there she is. There she is right there. Just, hey, can you put it on full screen Aaron? Just so I want to make sure everyone can see her. There she is right there. You can bring it right back to me. They don't listen. They say things you think, Oh my, you know what? At least they're convicted. You know, they, they speak out of, they're not, they're not speaking out of conviction. They're speaking out of agenda. They have a, a, they have a totalitarian agenda. She believes that once society is totally in control and you're one of the peasants, she'll be one of the peasant masters. Go ahead, Aaron. I don't care. Play it. Put it on there. So there you go. There, <laughs> Aaron's blowing it up as big as he possibly can. So they just so you know, the hypocrisy there it is, but that's what they, that's, that's what they believe. 
As a world economic, I'm sure, sympathizer, Joy Behar, she wants you controlled, marked, distanced, subjugated, controlled, and dominated. And she thinks she'll be free the whole time. That's worked out really well in the past, hasn't it? All of Stalin's supporters, they just walked around free, right? Hitler's supporters that weren't executed just walked. No, they were all executed. They were all subjugated. Stalin, who was an artist himself, the very first people he killed was the entire artisan community. Facts. That's the truth. Hitler was an artist too. Strange how that works, isn't it? Strange how that works. All right. I just, I just threw this one in here because I just had to. I saw it on Twitter. I had to throw it in just to show some more hypocrisy. January 11, 2022. City of New Orleans announces reinstatement of the indoor mask mandate. So there's the reinstatement. Go to pick number two for me. There you go. So there, this is, now this is the mayor's ball. Now, remember, there's an indoor mask mandate. The person who has her back turned to you there with a crown on her, on her head is the mayor. I believe all of these people are indoors, are they not? And they have an indoor mask mandate. And, and lo and behold, nobody's wearing a mask. Go to the Fox News tweet for me. No, there should be a Fox News. I mean, I didn't give it to you guys. That's on me. All right, let's go to the next thing. Hey, I wanted to cover this with you. This has been a big, this has been a big, it's my fault. It's not you. I missed it. It's me. Once again, I like to blame them, but it's 99.9% me. But I do claim to be right 0.1% of the time, just like the Democrats. So there you go. So you have John, you have John McKinney, this is John McKinney proportional justice video. Now this came out and we'll talk about it after, after I show it to you, but this is the result this is the result of donning masks. This is, the re- this, is, this is the result of being afraid to speak righteousness in the midst of lunacy. People are afraid to do it because they're afraid to offend. I wear a mask to go to my family's family reunion or their Thanksgiving gathering because I don't want to offend Aunt Susie. No, no, no. You have to stand. Otherwise, you end up with stories like this. Play it for me. Prosecutors say she began identifying as female after she was taken into custody. And despite having multiple violent crimes on her record already, Gascon refused to prosecute Tubbs as an adult. And last month, a judge sentenced her to serve two years in a juvie facility at age 26, and she also will not have to register as a sex offender. Now, I've obtained, I've obtained uh, some of Tubbs' phone calls from law enforcement sources from when she was in custody in LA County here in November. This was before her sentencing. In a phone call with her dad, she just gloats that she's not gonna serve any prison time and that she won't have to register as a sex offender. Take a listen. Don't worry about it. It's a strike, but they're gonna plead, I'm gonna plead out to her, I'm gonna plead guilty. They're gonna stick me on probation and it's gonna be dropped, it's gonna be done. Done. I won't have to register once or nothing. For an offender, you don't have to register? I won't have to do none of that. So what are they gonna do to you then? Nothing. Now in those calls, Tubbs also went on to make some extremely crude, disparaging remarks about her 10-year-old victim, openly discussing her sexual attraction for her and laughing about it. So crude, we've decided not to air that audio. She also went on to say she would flee the country if she got in trouble again. So I reached out to DA George Gascon's office about these phone calls last week. His team told me they didn't even know about the calls until I contacted them. And Gascon has now released a statement which says in part, quote, After Tubbs' sentencing in our case, I became aware of extremely troubling statements she made about her case, the resolution of it, and the young girl that she harmed. If we knew about her disregard for the harm she caused, we would have handled this case 
differently. And now for the very first time, the victim in this case, now age 18, is speaking out about Tubbs' two-year juvie sentence. We're obviously not identifying her, but she tells Fox News exclusively in part, quote, the things he did to me and made me do that day were beyond horrible for a 10-year-old girl to have to go through. That man was very clear-minded and old enough to know what he did that day was wrong and still did it anyway. It's something I struggle with, and it's insulting that this is all he was given as punishment, and I want something done about it. Tubbs will now be serving out her two-year sentence in a juvenile detention facility where she's going to be housed with other juvies. At a now let's discuss the myriad of problems here on this video. First of all, I absolutely adore Bill Malugin, but he's part of the problem. This per He refers to this person who sexually battered a 10-year-old in the bathroom of a restaurant. A 10-year-old. This person right here at the time was 17 years of age, looks like this, and sexually battered a 10-year-old prepubescent girl in the bathroom. And you have Bill Malugin, who I love, great reporter, definitely leans right. I'm just saying, why is he calling him, her, the entire report, just like George Gaston does, who is the, well, the, the prosecuting attorney general of Los Angeles, can't remember his exact, uh, district attorney for Los Angeles. Uh, and by the way, George Gaston was elected by George Soros funding and has been attempted to be recalled once and they're trying to recall him again. George Soros is putting his own district attorneys, whether it's Kim Fox, you know, Keisha Bottoms, the former mayor of Atlanta. There's all sorts of Soros acolytes all throughout the country. I can't remember all their names right now, but the Philadelphia uh, district attorney is also Larry Krasner, I believe his name. He's also a Soros funded, uh, you know, politician who gets elected as a district attorney. That's George Gascon. But here's, let's look at this case. So you have Bill Malugin calling this person, her, Gascon calling this person her. No, this person decided that he was a she after he got arrested for battering, sexually battering a female. And then he all of a sudden says, I'm a girl. And this is exactly what he looks like. Look at the, look at the myriad of problems here. Again, everybody, including Fox News, acting like the insane that the lunacy is normal and then caving to it wear a mask cave to it no you don't cave if it's a he you call them a he you don't for the sake of going along to get along or not offend other people cave to lunacy ever let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Look at this. Look at this. Now, here's the thing. So you have, you just, and I, I have a whole, you can side by side this, Aaron. That's cool. That's cool. You have this going on all throughout the country. The, I, I actually, I have them on my phone. I'll break them out for the next time. The, the, the crime rates in this country are unbelievable. You're talking about murder and, and carjacking and auto thefts all well into the 30 to 50% increase. This is going on every day in America, every single day in America. Why? Why is this going on every single day in America? Because we treat lunacy as if it's normality. It is not. 
It has to be called out. When people are protesting the unjust or maybe justified killing of somebody and they and they burn down an entire city block and you have Kamala Harris with the Minnesota Freedom Fund bailing them out of prison. It's absolute lunacy to sit there and go, you know what? I'm going to treat arsonists as if they're freedom fighters or after as if they're normal protesters. You're not a normal protester when you do that. The video's gone. When you do that to a store, you're not a normal protester as we've seen over and over again, smashing the windows of a Nike store and looting it in the name of George Floyd. And then everybody calls it a protest because they don't want to be called a racist. So you're in a cave to lunacy so people don't call you names. Let them call you the names because they're only projecting on you that which they are. Listen, I love all you guys. Thank you, Rumble, for coming through tonight. Thank God you're there. Facebook, we have prayed against you in Jesus' name, and we will win. You will not be able to control people much longer, if at all, ever again. In Jesus' name, you'll never be able to ban this show again. In Jesus' mighty name, I command it in the name of Jesus. Keep your hands off the TLP from now through forever, Facebook, in Jesus' mighty name. But I love you all back here, all fired up again, Thursday night, 830. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your week till I see you again. Lots of other churches are closing. They're done. And I'm talking about even churches that were small mitigators. You know what, you come in, we're, we're keeping our church open, but make sure everybody sits six feet apart. Make sure that you've got alcohol gel on. You can mask if you want. You can do what you just feel comfortable. Bring your own lawn chair, sit in your COVID clumps, but we're actually open. It's absolute insanity. We are never going to be involved in any of that garbage ever. The thing is, we're never going to close. We never will. That's the way that it is. I don't care who the governor is of Florida. I don't care who the president is of the United States. The Constitution says we have freedom of religion, freedom to assemble, and we will stand. We will stand. We will stand. We will not. And this is what happens when you do stand and you implement the Word of God. You need to be sowing seed into the southern outpost of freedom. There is no other church like this one. Check out our new TLP trucker hat. When you give $25 or more to the podcast, we will ship one out to you. Thank you for investing in the program, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Hey, I'm Aaron Yeager, producer of the Tom Lively Podcast. If you can't get enough of the show, you can always tune in and watch us live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
We also go live every Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is also on the Christian Television Network. You can always watch live at TomLightly.com, which is our preferred platform, or on Rumble, Facebook, and YouTube. If you miss a live broadcast, you can always go back and watch on Rumble or TomLightly.com. It's also available as an audio-only show on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning in. Thank you.